So Jay Desiree joined the Down to Business podcast today and really was able to walk us through her journey of being able to publish not one, not two, not three, but four children's books. And she started at just the young age of 17. And so since then, she's been able to get now over a decade of experience within the communication industry, but she doesn't just want to stop there. She recognizes that there may be a host of other individuals like myself, yourself, who may need help, who may need resources, who may not know where to start. So she wants to offer all the tips and tricks through a lot of different initiatives. One that's actually starting in the fall with a festival that you guys don't want to miss. Down to Business will definitely be in the building. But on top of that, she's also starting something that you know will help you scale and take your business to the next level if that's really something that you're about so without further ado enjoy episode 102 use your words wisely all right what's going on everybody i'd just like to welcome you back to another episode of the down to business podcast here with tamar turner man look new month new content Birthday is approaching. I still got a month left, but July, man, July is on the way. I do love June, though. June is a, is a very good month. It lets me know that summer is in full effect. Um, shout out to the, all the summer babies out there for sure. But so very excited to be sitting down with this young woman today, man. Big shout out. I got I to gotta actually shout out Roy. Roy Blair, man. Change is inevitable. That episode, I would definitely tell y'all to go tap in and do that. But Roy has been someone who, even before he found out about my podcast, even before he came on the podcast and blessed us with, you know, everything that he does with Karuka and even more, he was somebody who just showed nothing but love. He was a very, you know, just humble individual. He's very inquisitive, not only of me and just what I do, but also just of life and just everything from experiences to just how he can help. And I've even seen him talk to a lot of the people at my job and, and try to be a resource for them, especially being a veteran and stepping into that zone. But Roy was actually somebody who connected me with this lady, literally, you know, pulled me to the side at work and said, hey, do you have some time? I really want to introduce you to somebody. And this is not the first person who he's done that for, but he never disappoints. So walk me up to this lady. I, I, I met Desiree and I was blown away. And, and he even pulled me to the side afterwards. And he was just like, look, like, I'm going to tell you kind of how I be telling her sometimes she I just think she a little bit too humble. Now, don't get me wrong. Like, it's nothing wrong with humility. It's nothing wrong with all of that. But she does a lot. And I was even telling him, look, even in that little spiel that I just got upstairs, I can tell. But I can also tell, too, that, you know, when you're doing good things, when you're working hard, when you just have that grind, that work ethic, sometimes it's, it's second nature just to be humble because you just like for you. It's not nothing to, to shrug about or nothing to be ashamed or anything about. But at the end of the day, you recognize that you want so much more for yourself. You may be here you're still trying to steadily climb, still trying to steadily increase. So that's definitely the vibe and kind of the energy that I got from Desiree. But I'm very excited for y'all to tap in with her, for y'all to hear, you know, not only the humility, but hear just everything that she's done from the communicative side of things to just everything that she has going on now. So Desiree, how you doing today? How's everything? I'm doing all right. You know, it's just another busy day, but I'm happy to be here and I'm just blessed. Yeah. I love that. Okay. Blessed, busy, busy, booked and busy, man. Busy is good. Yes. Okay. So for everybody out there, I know we're going to have some people from my side. I know we're going to have some people from your side. I know we're going to have some people far and in between. Can you, one, can you just tell us a little bit about yourself? And then two, can you just tell us what brings you on the Down the Business podcast today? Yeah. So a little bit about myself. I usually tell folks I am from the DMV, which is DC, Maryland, Virginia, specifically from Northern Virginia, Nova. And I went to HBCU. I went to the Norfolk State University. Behold the green and gold. All right. (laughs) Um, I have a background in communications. I'm primarily an expert. I've been doing it for over 10 years. 
And what brings me to the podcast, I am more than happy to always support Black-owned businesses and for us to get together and collaborate and to do some great, powerful things together. Yeah, for sure. Now, come on now. I didn't go to an HBCU. My little brother's actually going to <laughs> HBCU, uh, Zula okay. University in Louisiana. So I can, I, can, I can just hear the pride. I sense it, but I loved it. So, okay. So we, we share a similar background in communications. I know that for me growing up, my first kind of when I really realized that I kind of wanted to really take a step into that direction was actually high school. I took a I took a public speaking course. I fell in love with it from just the speeches to just seeing how nervous some of my colleagues were and seeing me just go up there. And it was just it was like second nature. Always love talking to people, always, right. love just, you know, asking questions, getting to know people. But I do not have a decade of experience. I would say I'm kind of close. Not there yet. OK, but for you having a decade. <laughs> so let take me back almost 10 years ago. What really piqued your interest? Why why communication? Was there was, was that always a love? Was it kind of a life-changing event that kind of made you take that step in there? What was that like for you? So I believe it's a bit of twofold. Uh, to be 100% transparent, before getting into college, I actually wanted to cook. And my father, he's really structured military. He was really into, no, you're going to go to actual school. And so as we were trying to figure out what did I want to major in, he said, well, what about communication? And at the time, I didn't really understand what it meant to major in communication. Uh, I was already a a published author at 17. And although I had been writing, it had never dawned on me to just stick to communication and make that my focus. So over time, uh, it became became a passion of mine, um, just learning how people communicate, learning how businesses communicate, learning where there's gaps in communication, just all types of things that people don't think about typically. So 10 years ago, didn't know, thought I was going to be a chef. (laughs) And now I fast forward time and I just continue to go to school and learn more about it. Yeah. You said a lot in that. So the sometimes I know things sound a little bit too good to be true, but you would not believe it that before I major in communications, before I even got to high school, I wanted to do culinary arts. I used to cook every Sunday with my mom. And that was really good. She couldn't start a meal. I couldn't hear that stove turn on. I couldn't hear the pots come out the without me running in there or trying to, you know, help her out and things like that. So when I lost my right. mom in 2011, I kind of, that interest kind of, it, it, I wouldn't say it, it kind of left too, but it was just like being that I didn't really, my dad really wasn't like a cooker per se. We cook, right. men, a lot of men, like unless you're really a chef, we cook for survival because we, we have to, like, because we need true. to sometimes, but <laughs> she said true. But no, true. So, <laughs> a lot of what I, my second mate, my then I, I really noticed like, okay, well, the cook, I can't rule the cooking out completely. I just don't have that love for it anymore. I feel like a lot of that tie was with my mom and I feel like it just wasn't right. the same without her. So I really realized that, you know, I love communication. I love people, love talking, can really do that. And my mom was the same way. So I, I love how our backgrounds really kind of are, are shaped. That's crazy. Very similar. That's really but, crazy. Wow. Well, I, I s- say at 17 years old, I was not a published author. So <laughs> look, what is, yeah, I, I need to know a little bit more about that one. Okay. So maybe you might clear up a, a misconception for me or, or maybe just kind of some wrongful thinking on my end. So when I think of an author, I really think of like, is there like a process? Do you have to be like, certified somewhere like can you just write like because one of my my homegirl shout out to jasmine hope she taps into this one but she actually just released a children's book that i'm very interested okay to get to send out i have little cousins and things like that but she was also in grad school so she just graduated and she published her book in the same kind of token 
what is what, what is that process like to becoming an author? Do you kind of just start writing? Do you have to submit it somewhere? What was becoming a published author at 17? That's not something that I hear often, but it definitely sounds like a very dope accolade to have under your belt. So what was that process like for you? So many years ago, uh, the process then, uh, my father had a colleague who got her book published. And at the time, hers was poetry. And for me, poetry was my foundation. It was just the grit to get through things. And I had went through a lot uh, as my childhood emotionally. And so I used writing and poetry to really get me through those moments. And so when I read her book, I said, you know what? I could do this. Hell yeah, I could do this. And so I saved up all my money from my first job. And the first step that I did then, because I wasn't a self-published author, and and maybe I should back up, there's a difference between being self-published and then another difference between signing with an actual company to publish your book. And so back then when I was 17, she published with a company. And so I went ahead and hopped on that bandwagon and published with a company because at the time, that's what I thought I needed to do. And so with that process, you find an organization that you feel like aligns with you, check out the royalties, meaning if I produce X, how much will I get from producing X? What percentage would go to the company? Which percentage would come to me? And so at the time, at 17, I didn't really know what that meant. Uh, So I just picked the lowest and went with it. Now, years later, I have four books. And so my thought thinking process is a little bit different. And so I've become a self-published author, which means you need to write, you need to publish your copyright, you need to, it is a process. Uh, And so it just depends on what route you want to go. Do you want to become a children's author? Are you trying to build an autobiography? And so if you're trying to become a children's author, then you need to see about illustrations and things like that. So it's, it can be complex, but the end is rewarding. And if you do it right, you can get good royalties from it for sure. I like that. I like to hear that, you know, you kind of came in one way, just hopped on, like you said, just kind of at that at that age, at that stage, it was probably a lot of information coming at you, a lot of things, you know, probably even some terminology and just different things that you really didn't know, even some fine print loopholes, everything of the nature. But how you can now say that as you kind of grew, as you learned the process, as you asked certain questions, maybe even made mistakes along the way, you learned. You know, and now you kind yeah. of drifted into that lane. So for me, I'm hearing the books, I'm hearing publishing. I would love to, you know, write my own book someday. But something that I think about, why children? Like, why did you kind of, why, why take that route, especially at such a young age? Right. So my first book was poetry, which I usually tell folks you either love poetry or you don't. But if you are a lover of poetry, then that book is suited for you. Or if you are a teenager and you're not really sure about how you feel about your emotions, I always recommend my book because it goes from middle school through high school and it's a collection. And as you read it, it's like, oh, okay, she changes throughout the text. As far as my last two books, what inspired me for those? So my grandmother is 94 years old, or should I say 94 years young? Blessing. And um, I'm also an Afro-Latina. Majority of my family is from the Dominican Republic, uh, specifically Santo Domingo or Santiago. And so in those places, uh, growing up back in the day, I would hear things, well, not me personally, but my grandmother would discuss about my great-great-grandparents. And a lot of folks don't know about their great-great-grandparents because unfortunately, you know, their grandparents may not no longer be here. And so when I started to hear more about my family and the culture, I thought, okay, now I'm married. Now we have a daughter. 
I want our daughter to know about what our great great grandparents were doing. And so it really came from that, uh, the blessing for my grandmother to be here, the stories about my great great grandparents owning two farms, a dairy farm and an agricultural farm, which was what the late 1800s. It's like unknown of unknown. And so I thought the world needs to read about it. You know, our kids need to know that we didn't all come from ships. Some of our great great grandparents actually owned land and produced on those lands. So just a little bit okay. about my history. That actually yeah. just kind of um I watch the I Am Athlete podcast as well. And so I recently watched the very, Yes, yep. very inquisitive. I recently watched the episode with Kyrie Irving and he was talking about okay. tapping in with, you know, your ancestors. And like you said, my um I was fortunate enough to not only meet my great grandmother but my great great grandmother who passed away i believe right before her 102nd or 103rd birthday i can't remember but it was a blessing wow just to, to grow up with them see but like you said a lot of people you know can't even tap in that far because you may not even have your grandparents but something Kyrie Irvin was talking about was really honing in learning that history being able to one just being fortunate enough and having that blessing enough like you said to be able to sit down with these people to have these conversations have these memories but then two you take it a step further and you realize oh this is not my my story isn't the story that we were taught in school, like you said, of coming over on the ships and this and that. And a lot of it, like you said, some of our ancestors were very successful, very prominent. Yeah. The reason why we're here today in this situation and, and whether they came over in ships or not still is not any indication of how they were, who they were. It's but it's True. a blessing to be able to, you know, tap into that side of history. So something that Kyrie Irving's episode really made me do is just want to call my grandma. Just want to sit down, just want to ask questions, just really because yes, I was young. I was growing up with these women. I was able to meet these women, talk to these women. They love me to death shower me and kisses all the time and food and all of that. But it's another <laughs> thing to know your family history, to really know, you know, where were y'all? Where did we come from? Where did we move from? Who was who was what? How did we, you know, who owned what? So a lot of that, you know, some of us don't really tap into and take advantage of that. He said once he really started to do that, it, it just shaped his thinking, it shaped his mind, it shaped how he carried himself. He just felt like, you know, he had a different attachment to him. So, okay, right. I like that a lot. And I love, you know, as somebody who I would say growing up, it was, it was crazy. I used to think that poetry just always had to rhyme. It always had to be catchy. But as I really started to get older and just really started to delve into different things and read different things, man, I really had to take a step back and realize poetry is so beautiful inside and out. It's diverse. It doesn't have to rhyme. It's no really right or wrong way to do it. And I love that. It, it It's just, man, words are so beautiful as somebody who, and I'm pretty sure you can kind of almost attest to this as well. Communication, man, it has really grown my 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 love, my appreciation, my adoration for words, for terminology, for how you can ask a lot of my friends and a lot of people who know me. I'm the grammar police for sure, but I'm, <laughs> I'm always going to do that. One, because I tell people all the time, look, I just want you to be the best version of yourself. Yes. Two, I'm trying to be facetious. I'm trying to be funny. But three, words are very powerful. How you use them, how yeah. you take them, what you, what you use them, how you formulate them together. The fact that we can put some things together and just come up with something so beautiful sometimes or something so mesmerizing or something that really hits the heart. Man, right. that's amazing. So yeah. I'm kind of still interested in, okay, so you were in this process at 17, you became self-published, you realized that, you know, there, there are different routes to this. You can, you can kind of take other ways. You can, oh no, not self-published. You were, you pretty much signed on with the company. So right. at what point did you now, obviously hearing that you can become self-published to me, I'm already in my head. I'm thinking, but that sounds like more work. That sounds like a different process. That sounds like you kind of have to exert a little bit more to really want it. So with that in mind, with you kind of signing back on and getting the royalties kind of going for the lowest and things, what made you really want to kind of shift 
add more of a load to your plate, put more work on yourself to really become self-published. I really wanted to understand the process. A lot of companies ask you to invest, whether it's like, and, and not necessarily like literally invest, but like your time, your money, like, hey, uh, you know, sign with us for $600. And then it's like you sign your life away. And which is what I did at 17 for the most part. And I only got, so that book at that time was $10, which it still is. It's $10. It may have gone down some on Amazon, but it's $10. And of that $10, I believe I make a dollar of that book. And so at the time I didn't want it to be to the point where it was only a dollar, but I didn't really understand, okay, well, even if I do raise the price, I, I thought my poetry wasn't worth raising the price to supplement me to make a little more. And so when I started thinking about being a self-published author, also a lot of folks were reaching out to me to become a self-published author and I wasn't there yet. And I thought, damn, I need to understand how this thing works so I could help people. Uh, since, the, since then, I have helped a few people, um, even if it's just conversation. I have one friend, I'm helping him go through the process. The fact that I can become knowledgeable and help my community is I don't know, like, it's just breathtaking, like, to have that opportunity to help others. And I, and I feel like, personally, I, I look at myself as a servant leader. And if I can become knowledgeable and someone asks me, I generally answer it. I don't hit people, oh, I don't know. You know, I, I really, really take the time to understand. And if I can help you, I help you. So to answer your question, how or, or, or how did I come about that? I just wanted to help people and also make a little more. <laughs> so honestly that's the honest truth i get and i I really get two things from that answer i hear that you know one you just have that that genuine that authentic that energy about you you just want to you know you want to put people in position I, I think similar to myself that was a lot of the reason why i started this podcast i recognized that i, I traveled a lot throughout my my life mm -hmm. from from college till till even now and I met a lot of different people. I've, I've made a lot of good connections. I've made a lot of lifelong and lasting connections with people who we may not necessarily talk every day or check in all the time, but we understand that we can pick right back up where we left off. Or if I have to plug somebody in or I'll mention your name in a room and we might have not have seen each other in two months or something like that. But I also do recognize that, you know, you put people in position like that. You don't know what that could do. But even still, yeah. it's not even about, you know, becoming famous, becoming viral, getting credit. It's genuinely just what I want to do. So I hear that too. But I also realize, I hear too, that sometimes we're in position to help people. Sometimes we're in position to plug people in, bridge that, build that bridge, bridge that gap. And we don't even right. realize it. A lot of times we're sitting on gold. We're sitting on gems. We're sitting on a lot of knowledge. And we and just yeah. because we don't think, we may be too timid to, to bring it out. We may think that nobody's going to resonate with or, or agree with it. But at the end of the day, you don't know. Sometimes I, I it, it, it kind of, it's ironic to me how, not even ironic. It just was eye opening to me how a lot of my some of my biggest supporters, some people who really live and die by the Down to Business podcast are people who I've never met, people who right. I've really met as a result of this podcast or people who. And that's another were, that's and, another topic. Exactly. exactly. You know, and, and that's as a business owner and not to cut you off, but to be transparent again, that's one of the things I ran into as just a minority woman is although I am willing to help others, not everybody is willing to help me. So it's a blessing that you have people that are rocking with you, are supporting you that you don't even know versus I think sometimes it's even more difficult the people you do know don't support you. And I ran into folks that, you know, I thought were going to help that I didn't know didn't. And, and then you meet a stranger and then they do. It's, it's a crazy dynamic, you know. 
And it's yeah, it's I, I was telling, yeah, I was I was actually just I was telling myself I wanted to go on a little IG rant today, but I didn't do it. But I was mm. thinking like I love the idea of people who put your name in rooms when you're not there. You know, yeah. I, I just I feel like that's a blessing. One of my boys here at my job, yeah. shout out Gannon, man. He was telling me how I had met up with him this past weekend and I had just met one of his friends who moved down here two months ago. And he was just like, yo, um, his friend just ran. Like we were just talking about a bunch of different things, hitting different topics. And then he all of a sudden said, yo, don't you have a podcast? He said, yeah, Gannon was actually telling me a little bit about it before you got here. I said, I said, word. I looked at Gannon like, well, I, I looked at Gannon kind of like jokingly, like, well, word, what'd you, what'd you tell him? It was trash. Like, you hate it. But no, I, I seriously, I, I took that like, wow, bro. You know, that's like out of everything you could have probably mentioned, everything y'all could have talked about. One, I don't know how y'all got on a podcast talk, but even right. if y'all were talking about podcasts, you still don't owe me that. Just as, you know, for especially if I'm not there, you know, you never know what people are talking about. But the fact that, you know, people are, people are singing the praises for you people are, are willing to kind of back you up i love that and sometimes it's from people who you may not have known all your life from people who you may not have expected that from because like you said there were so many people who i placed expectations on and and right yeah. before, you know maybe i shouldn't have done that but at the end of the day i'm a human being you know i i i reciprocate that same and i would i back a lot of people support a lot of people know you family friends friend of friend mutual, whatever, stranger, whatever. But the fact that, you know, there were some people who, when I made this announcement back in 2019 and I was starting this podcast, there were people in my mind that I was like, I know without a doubt, they're going to repost, they're going to share, they're going to be on it, they're going to buy the gear, they're going to do everything. A lot of my fingers was down, you know, when I was looking at these people, when I was making things. And it was just like, but for me, I had to do some self-evaluation. I had to really realize, am I in this for others? Am I in this, you know, to get that recognition, to have people push it out, to support it? Or am I supposed to be the one that's supposed to go as hard for the podcast? Nobody's supposed to go as hard for the podcast as me. This is me. What I love, other people that you know, that that rep the brand, that do everything that they got to do. Oh, absolutely. I would love that. But at the end of the day, I can't rely on that. And I can't fault you if you don't or be mad if anything i still have to channel that energy towards what i have going on because at the end of the day and, go ahead yeah and you know and you know i think sometimes it's it's our own natural um emotion to mm-hmm. want the people we love and, and whether and, and really it's not even family because we got friends as family right i think sometimes it's just natural so like you said you can't fault you know them for not and then take responsibility and really take that engine and just go and drive for your business and what you're trying to do because they're not going to see the vision how you see it. And I really had to take some humbling moments with that because I started a nonprofit. I don't know if I told you, but I started a nonprofit when I was 22 years old and I ran that nonprofit for five years. And when I was ready to, you know, wash my hands with it, you know, I had a little crying moment because I was really passionate about the community, but I had to realize that in that moment, although it wasn't a failure and I did everything I could, um, it was just a reflection of, okay, now I know how a business works. And although I didn't have the team I wanted or I thought would be behind me, I'll take responsibility for that and apply it to any other business that I want to start. So it's it's hard sometimes, but I think when you self-reflect, take that responsibility and apply it, I think you can do some remarkable things with it. Come on now, you you talking my language. So something that we kind of got into earlier in the interview was just how things changed. Was this how you came into yeah. this game kind of a decade ago and how you were even talking from the publication side of things, how things back then are definitely not what they are now. So what would you say is one of the biggest changes 
or a big adjustment that you've had to make, you know, with thinking about 10 years ago, your involvement, what you first getting in, the passions that you had, the love that you had, being published and everything like that. So now to 2022, we've gone through so much from technology to a pandemic to different presidents to everything like that. What have, what have you had to do on your side to really adapt? And like you said, especially being a minority, I feel like that's a lot of that's a that's a totally different umbrella in its own. Yeah. Gosh. Uh, that question is, is twofold, you know, like, uh, (laughs) personally and business personally, I would say becoming a mom and becoming a wife, uh, it was huge. And that was a huge change for me because I had to, yes, I have Jack of all trades, or at least that's what I call it. I had to make sure that everybody's taken care of and not in like a monetary sense, but like emotional support. Um, I cook a lot, even though I didn't go to school, I still cook every day or just about every day. Uh, you know, and so that can be, you know, taxing at times, not in a bad way, but just trying to figure out what I'm going to make for the day, you know? Um, so that's been a huge change or has changed over the years. From a business perspective, I had to figure out where do I fit in in social media. I'm not really the kind of person that's a TikToker that makes silly, outrageous, uh, spontaneous videos. And I could, you know, but it's just, I'm just, um, I don't know. I'm a little sweetheart, I guess. I like to just be me and just, hey, y'all, how y'all doing today? Oh, you know, I'm going to go play tennis or whatever it is I'm doing. And that's been the huge adjustment is the transition to consistent, habitual, small videos, uh, people's attention span. I did a study on that for my master's, um, just how social media or just technology has changed students' ability to um, channel information. And so that has changed. And so I'm just trying to figure out where I fit in. And I think that's been my biggest challenge from a business perspective. It's crazy how I think about, I go back some years. I remember having to beg my mom to to make a <laughs> Facebook, to get on social media, to do different things like that too. And now I see my little brother, iPhoned up, iPad, laptop, iPod, every little gadget, you know, and they're, they're just active. They're just on it. And that's not to say that I'm out of touch or anything like that, but I definitely do tell right. people that I, I don't feel like I'm a social media guru. Like I, I definitely know how to work it. I'll get on it. I'll make it happen. I'll do things like that, but I would much rather just be in person. I don't have time for me, us three talking about algorithms. What's the best time to post and the <laughs> hashtags and all. So that's where you start to, that's where yeah. you start to get complicated. For me, I just want to log on. I don't care if I log on at 11 PM or if I log on at 6 a.m. I want to post right. though. If the right, I want everybody to see it. But if the, but you telling me I got to catch the window, I got to see the activity. I want my impressions to do this and that. That's where you Use start the right thinking, song. Come on now, I, then I got to, then I got to comment under the thing. I don't have a copyright, so they're gonna take it down. And then I got to do all of this, man. It's so complicated, but it's so it's been so crazy to see the adaptation of social media, like you said, just to really yeah. and figure out. But I think it's it's interesting even more because everybody has to fit in in a certain way. Like you said, we're all. Right different in this game. Some of us love social media. Some of us are the tick. My, my LB has been trying to shout out to Shimbo. Though. I love my dog at death, but he's been trying to get me on TikTok <laughs> for the longest. And I'm telling him, bro, I feel you. I hear you. But when you're doing this by yourself, when I'm posting on LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Lord knows where my website, all of that. You think I want to add TikTok on there too? I, no, bro. No, because I don't know the TikToks. And then I feel like now I got to build a whole different audience over there. And he's like, bro, 
It's really simple. It's really easy. But for me, when I'm thinking of TikTok, like you said, I'm thinking of the dance. I'm thinking of everybody moving around. I'm thinking of all these crazy sounds, video. I, it looks too complicated for me. I can't do that. And y'all just breaking it down for me like, oh, it's A, B, C, boom, boom, boom. No, it's not. Facebook is boom. But I can get on Facebook, type a post, click create, and that's it. And it's up there. And the family right. going to see it. They're going to comment. And it's easy. It's easy like that. But I TikTok, I got to check back, see how many plays I got. I make sure I'm replying to people. It's a lot. It's a, it's really a lot to adapt to. So something I think yeah. about, there's so much going on, which is so much that we have at our disposal, especially you. You said you're a mom. You said you're a wife. You said you're published. You said you're busy. You're still doing things. How do you, where do you yeah. find that balance? How do you, you said you cook every day. I love that. I definitely don't cook every day. So <laughs> I throw that in there too. How do you still yeah. find that balance, but still maintain productivity and move forward with everything that you have going on? Yeah. You know, I get that question often. <laughs> uh, sometimes I get them in my DMs on Instagram, like, oh my God, Diz, I don't know how you do it, fam. And I just say, you know, my ambition and my perseverance is way more bigger than a day of being tired. But but on a more like actual logical perspective, because I'm very logical, but what helps me is I, I'm a planner. I literally have, so I have my paper planner. I need to go to digital. I haven't got there yet, but I am a paper planner where I write things down. Um, I have in my office, you can see in my background, I have a erase board where I actually write down everything for each day. I do that on Sunday mornings. And this sounds crazy, but this is how I stay organized, how I do it. On my refrigerator in my kitchen, I have Monday through Friday and I have categories for what I'll cook that day. So it just eliminates my brain from trying to figure out what we're going to eat. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. So with that, um, and then also I've started incorporating on your iPhone, you have reminders, right? So for birthdays, I am horrible with birthdays. So I started putting in birthdays and I hit the, oh, it comes around yearly. Okay, cool. I got Ray Ray on there. So I know his birthday come around every October 1st. Won't miss it. Um, I started using that. I use my alarm clock literally for when I wake up to take my daughter to when we need to leave the house. Like it sounds taxing, but it keeps me on schedule. It really does. And that's how I'm able to maneuver my day. Um, and then I'm also getting my doctorate. So I have to wiggle out time to uh, right now I'm in the dissertation phase. And actually right now I'm trying to figure out how to wiggle that in my in my lifestyle. Um, and so I'm thinking I'm going to have to start typing at night, which typically I do anyway, but have to really make myself right. Uh, so, yeah. <sighs> Man, I, like I, I told you, I, I told you, I got the spill, and we were, and and she's still, she's still dropping more. She added more to it each time. So no, like it's like you said, you. I think you really said it best, and I think sometimes that it, it's like we. I, I feel like a lot of people can agree with what you said. Your your ambition, your perseverance, your grind, your drive, man. That's that's always just going to overpower and outweigh and outperform. Of me being tired you can you know you know the rest is going to come at some point you know it may not come when you want it to how you want it to but you know you'll get it you know you know it'll be there but at the end of the day this opportunity may not be here this dissertation isn't going to write itself this meal isn't going to make itself these these books aren't going to publish themselves sell themselves market themselves promote themselves these emails aren't just going to auto they're going to sit in the drafts all day if i don't click something if i don't type something you know right. so we have to also kind of adopt that mind too while yes we have a lot to do it's a lot going on we need this. There's no perfect world where you can just, you know, 
work or get get a certain amount of hours in here and then just go sleep and then just go chill. No, it's a lot of those late nights. It's a lot of those unorthodox times where you're just trying to get stuff in. Like you said, now you kind of got to switch your schedule a little bit, start typing at night. That might just have to be an adjustment yeah. that you have to make. Some people may hear that and it's just like, no, I absolutely cannot work at night. I can't do that. But during the day, you you boom, 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 you ripping and running, you're doing everything to the point where you can't make any time in there. So you have to, you know, have to make that sacrifice. And I feel like that's that's some people hate some people hate hearing that word. They start to cringe up, they hear that sacrifice because they don't yeah. really feel like they're losing anything, missing out on anything. But sometimes when you're in the doctoral phase. When you're in the nonprofit phase, when you're in the podcasting phase, the author phase, you have to make sacrifices. You have to do certain things. Why? Because the, the, it's, it's part of the brand. It's part of business. Like you, you got to make that happen. So I'm okay. not nah, go ahead. And I, and I think with the word sacrifice, I know it gets a bad connotation behind it, but I think sometimes we need to flip that connotation to a positive thing. Like, hey, I cannot do this now, but I could do this later or Perhaps if I do it Monday, I won't have to worry about it on Wednesday. Sometimes just flipping, and that's all a part of communication too, flipping your perspective because your perspective will make or break choices you make, how you interact with people or don't. And so sometimes it's just flipping that perspective to really make it work for you, make it work for your lifestyle. Mm-hmm. It's all about that mindset. How you? I was. I was even telling one of my friends. She was just like, "Yeah, I don't. You know, I don't think this week is going to be. I, I don't think. I, I just. I, I'm not getting a good feeling about this week. And I'm just like, well, the week didn't even start yet. How can you already be? How can you already be bringing that energy? To what has occurred, or what are you thinking, or what experience did you have that is it, it is making you project that onto the week? I said, no. You anybody going to that at a attitude with it. it's like you'll look for something bad to happen or even at the minor at the littlest inconvenience you'll just make it seem like oh it's over throwing a towel you know i gotta cook. no you have to have that mindset that look you could be going through hell and hot water right now you're gonna make it happen you're gonna find a way out storms don't last forever take it from two people in florida there's a lot of torrential downpours out here it's a lot of rain a lot but it's, it's gonna stop at some point the people gonna drive crazy you're gonna see that but that rainbow is gonna it's gonna prevail it's gonna happen but it's all about how you think here. And like you said, I think connotation is everything. We hear certain words, we hear certain phrases, we see certain things in front of us, we may get intimidated, we may shy away from it, we may kind of, it makes us uneasy and things like that. Sometimes you just got to change that approach, shift that narrative, you know, shift that perspective. So thinking about you, thinking about everything that you have going on, there's probably still a host of things that you're just being humble about that you're not letting us know. So I might have to probably tap in with Roy to really get everything. (laughs) But so what is what's really on the docket? What are you thinking about next? We're 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 halfway through the year at this point. Four books already, dissertation on the way. What are you what yeah. are you cooking up? What are you thinking? How what what even are you? Where would you say? I guess give me kind of some insight as an author. Like once you kind of become published, I'm gonna assume that you can always kind of just pick back up. You can well once you become self published, you're kind of as long as you follow those steps in that process, you can kind of always do that. So for you, with already having four books in, under your belt and everything like that, what do you are you looking to expand to different categories? Do you like kind of where you are in the genre and kind of what you're doing? Do you want to do more? Are you still kind of in the space now, just helping and putting different people in position, building that circle around you? What does that really look like moving forward? Right. So I have well, I have a few things that I have up my sleeve as far as producing another book right now. I don't really see that in the forecast, like right now. Uh, Folks have, or I would say the feedback I have been hearing is they would love to see Alana's Great Dream Adventure become a series. 
Right now, it's a collection, so you could get the novel, which is in English and in Spanish, by the way, and it's an audible in Spanish, and you can get that with uh, comprehension and lesson plans to help your little one. But as far as what I have going on in the future or what we can see from me of what's coming, I'm expanding my business to consulting um, from a communications perspective, helping organizations that miscommunicate or misrepresentation and really help these organizations dive in as to why that is. And so I want to come in and help these businesses succeed in that sector. You know, a lot of people think, oh, I actually over communicate. And in actuality, it's not so much you're over communicating, but perhaps you could have said something different. Or perhaps you, the tone could have been different. Or perhaps your perspective is actually molding what you're saying, which in, in hindsight, it's not really you're over communicating. But per, perhaps we can look at how you're looking at that. Um, and so I know that sounds complex, uh, but I'm working on that right now. And so I'm getting ready to launch um, my communication consulting also, what I'm very, very excited about is my Kickstart campaign that I will be launching soon come June 1st, which is allowing um, my um, different demographics to come in and purchase bundles for schools, schools that need that representation in the classroom. And so I will be kickstarting that soon on my Instagram and my website. And last but not least, I have a platform, a festival that I have every fall. It's called Literature Matters where I dedicate my time to the community where we collaborate with local authors. They can be self-published or not. However you got there, I don't even care. I just want you there. <laughs> and so I will be having that October 1st at the Cultural Center right here in Ruskin, where we will have local authors, dance, different foods. Um, I will also be bringing in um, perhaps uh, another performer. And so I have some other things up my sleeve, but I don't want to say too much. But this will be the third annual Literature Matters for the community. That way our community knows that, hey, we do have authors in the community that support representation in our children. And knowing that when they do see themselves in literacy, it encourages these children to read more, become who they want to become and succeed in the classroom. And and maybe even become an entrepreneur like us. So just a few things, not too much. <laughs> just a few, y'all. Them sleeves sound pretty big to me, man. I'm, 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 I'm geared up for it. I'm excited for it. It definitely does sound like some, some great things. But something I'm hearing, too, is just really the impact behind it all. Like you said, the youth, recognizing that, you know, whereas some people say reading is fundamental, reading can be cool. It's okay to, like, I remember, like, now that I kind of look back on some of the, the jokes or, or, or like the side comments and different things from like elementary school to middle school. And it was almost just like sometimes people didn't want you to be educated, didn't want you to be right. smart. It was kind of like, you know, you, if you if you just played sports or if you were the cool kid, you couldn't have been paying attention in school. You couldn't have been locking in with the teachers. You couldn't have been doing all of this. Why not have both? Why not have that balance? Why not, you know, be that stylish kid, be that cool kid, do everything like that and still get, get straight A's. Because for me. I couldn't bring home, <laughs> I couldn't bring home no C's without no explanation to my parents. Like they was not having that. I said, if I bring home a C, you better have tried everything and give. You better have went above and beyond, stayed after class, did the extra credit, and we better know you still bring right. home this C after that. This better not be a surprise C. This better not be oh I didn't know or it was on the I was on the edge teeter totter. No, we 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 need to know two mm -hmm. weeks before that report card come out that it's going to be a C on there. 
And I'm still going to get in trouble. So it's just like I still was at a lose-lose. You know what I'm saying? So, But no, I definitely think that the direction you're moving in the community kind of that you're cultivating and that culture that you're having is, is needed, especially with this youth, especially with everything that they're exposed to. All you have to do is unlock your phone and you see everything. Sometimes you, you see things you don't even ask for. That's why social media is just so draining, exhausting sometimes because it's just like, damn, like if I click the explore page or if I go one click too many, how do I get here? Like, how? What, what is this? Like, what is going on? So it only lets you know what the children are seeing. And like I said, at they're at a younger age now. We're like, I see my little brother got every single gadget. He just he moved. He got the AirPods. I my my little brother had AirPods longer than me. I had the plug in ones, and then they gonna drop in my ear, and he just moving and, and all of this stuff like that. So I feel like they're definitely you know adapting differently and things like that. So they need to see that. They need to hear it. And a lot of times, they they, they think that. It almost feels like beating a dead horse as the older generation to communicate to the younger generation. Oh, you're just saying that because you're older and this and that. But for me, I realized it like that. You're going to thank me later or this is going to make sense soon or da da da. Oh, it, it started to hit very realistically, like very soon. But I think that the, the more we communicate that, the, the quicker they can because they still going to go through the same path. Like everybody does it. They still want to just be naive and think that they know it all or whatever, whatever. But other than that, like, what do we do? So I think that what you're doing, what you're cultivating, man, that's important. I'm, I'm going to have to come out to Ruskin and, and, and see that. I yeah, I would I would love to see you there, you know, and I and I also just to add on to what you're saying, I think the children, well, I know the children need to see representation. And I know for me as a military brat, when I went for my checkups, you know, my doctor wasn't African-American or Latina. You know, my dentist wasn't African-American or Latina. My um, whoever it was that I was going to see, I never saw that. And so I, I believe and I know more the more our children see us, it will inspire them to do more. And and not that they're not, but just give them the idea that, OK, I don't have to just play soccer, play basketball, play football, be a gymnast, but I could be an optometrist. I could be an entrepreneur. I could be an engineer. You know, and a lot of these professions don't take 12 years. So I think that's a misconception, uh, too, is that these professions take so much of my time. I'm going to be old. And that's not true either. And so I think when children know and they see it, I, I truly know and believe that they will um, it'll inspire them to do more, too. Seeing is believing. And two, I also think uh, to further to further expound on that message is one thing to just communicate it is one thing to kind of put it out there at one time and kind of know you have to continuously reinforce this because like you said, for think about how many times we've been told something and we didn't listen or we go against it or we think about that voice in the back of our head. You got to keep hearing it. You got to keep hearing it because for children, sometimes it's not, it's not going to be that first time. It might not be the second time. It might be the fifth or sixth time, but don't, don't regret not repeating something or feeling like you being repetitive or feeling like you just wasting your breath. No, say it again. Do it again. Right. Maybe add a different element in there. Throw a different alternative or switch it up a little bit, but let them know that, no, you're, you're really, I mean this. I'm, I'm really about this. Look, the proof is for itself. And that's a lot of why I, I speak to, I surround myself with the circle that I have because we recognize that, yes, we definitely love to have fun. We definitely love to look good, to travel, to do all of that. But at the end of the day, we're going to handle business. We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna do the arts. We're going to do the business. We're going to do the communication. We're going to do the entrepreneurs. Nothing against the athletes. I have friends that are athletes. Love them to death. Right. I have friends that are entertainers, that are rappers, that are artists. But I also have friends that are skilled laborers. I also have friends that, that didn't go to school, that went to trade school, that went to community college, that dropped out, that are still very successful, that are still making things happen, that had to have those life experiences. It wasn't always easy, but they made it happen. So I love that. So 
She said she wasn't going to give too much, y'all. She gave a lot, though, man. So so I'm excited. But that still just lets you know that, yes, she's very humble. She's downplaying a little bit, but she's still got some things coming. So I definitely encourage everybody to tap in with you. So before I give everybody, you know, where you can find you, where they can tap in with you and everything like that, do you feel like there's anything we haven't touched on today? Any last words or anything that you even want to leave for maybe up-and-coming entrepreneurs, up-and-coming artists, people in this space, people who are interested in what you do, or maybe people who even want to know a little bit more? Yeah. So I would say for those who want to tap into the entrepreneurial journey, just know that that's exactly what it is. It's a journey. And, you know, a a lot of folks will say, oh, surround yourself with someone who knows this, someone who knows that. And personally, what I struggle with, well, where am I going to find that person? And so (laughs) you have to like somehow you know, whether it's going to a business um, meetup section or whether it's some type of collaborative event, somehow try to tap into other events that have entrepreneurs that puts you in the room with folks that know what they're talking about. And I say that because when I had my nonprofit, that's what I struggled with the most was finding folks that were willing to put in the work, did want to help. And, and that's why my business wasn't as successful as it could be. So now as an actual LLC, I am stepping outside the box and really trying to find folks that are like-minded. And even if they're not, somehow can help invest in my knowledge or some type of way to build my business. Um, I would say if you would like to get in touch with me, I'm always, always, always open to hearing from folks. And so uh, my website is www.theletterjdesireee.com. Dot com. And so I'm always welcome, welcoming to work together. Yeah. All right, y'all. We love collaboration, man. Competition. No competition, collaboration. We love every bit of it. Right. No, I definitely think the first thing that she said was important. It's a journey. It's it's a little bit of everything. It's highs, lows, good, bad. It's going to look like, you know, some days you're going to wake up, you're just going to be on cloud nine. You're just going to be ready. Nobody can tell you anything. You, you with it. You got it. You bout it. And other days... You're going to wake up sluggish. You're not going to feel like doing this. You, you, you're gonna, you might even question it. You might be reluctant. You might need to wash your hands with certain things, as Desiree even spoke about earlier. It's, it's like that. But you also have to recognize that the same way you feel, the same way that you're, this, you know, how you just want to kind of give up and call it quits. We've all been there. It's natural. Yeah. It's valid. It doesn't make it right, though. Keep pushing, man. You, it's, it sounds so cliche sometimes, and it sounds like, you know, will win or, or why you, you you can never like I was reading something yesterday that complex posted and it was talking about this 27 year old woman who just became one of the top podcasts I think she actually passed Joe Rogan and she's been doing it since I think 2018 so wow. imagine if she would have gave up in 2018 imagine if she would have gave up in 2019 pandemic hit imagine 2020 2021 mm-hmm. now she signed a million multi-million dollar deal and all she had to do was trudge it out. Was that was and I'm not, I'm not saying all she had to do. Was that trudge right. easy though? No. But did she do it? Can you do it? Yes, it's it's possible. It's just a matter of do you want it? What connotation are you putting on yourself? What are you thinking about? What are you so no? I encourage everybody, whether you're in the artist space, entrepreneur space, author space, whatever, tap in. Like she said, we we bring so we bring so many people on this podcast who may not know me personally, who may have only met me through mutual connection or anything. But at the end of the day, whether I talk to these people 20 minutes, 30 minutes, 40 minutes, they make themselves available to y'all. I, I would not take that for granted because I know for me, if I'm listening to a podcast, if I know in the back of my head that, oh, I actually would would love to write a book one day. If I just heard somebody who has written four, 
open herself, give her website, give her, you know, social media and all of that. Oh, I'm going to write it down. I'm going to tap in. I'm going to follow. I'm a message. I'm going to follow up. There's fortune in the follow up. I'm telling you. But on top of that, on top, of, it's not just about, you know, following up and now making Desiree give you the blueprint or do the work. You have to show some effort, too. You have to really want it. You can't just come up here, try to get the plug, try to be a one hit wonder, try to be an overnight sensation and not know. Because these people who you're seeing, these people who you're reading about, these people who are in Desiree's shoes, they're putting in the work. She's going to get off this interview right now. She's going to go do the work. She's going to wake up tomorrow. She's going to check that, that schedule that Monday through Friday. She's going to do the work. She's going to cook the meal. She's going to make it happen. She's going to start pulling the stuff off the, 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 the sleeves that she was telling y'all about. So come on, let's really, let's really make it happen, y'all. So I know you gave the website and everything. Is there any other like outlets or anything where you want people to kind of reach out? Or is it easier to kind of find you in certain places like Instagram, Twitter, anything like that? Right. So my Instagram is the letter J Desiree Rodriguez. And then my book Instagram is J Desiree C B as in boy. Uh, so those are the two areas that you can reach me, you know, DM, PM, whatever they call it now. Right. <laughs> DM, PM. And so I'll be more than happy to help you out if you need help. Communication. Um, you know, if you're trying to become an author, all those things. And of course, if you're in the Tampa area and you would like to be a part of my festival, please reach out because I will be posting things very, very soon and would love to have you as part of the festival. Hey, look, y'all, I'm going to be there. If we got to, if we got to, if I might, here, here's what I might do. Here's what I might do just to see how, how, how much somebody, I, I really want somebody to really be about it, really make it happen. So look, I know somebody is going to listen to this interview. I know somebody is going to hear the festival, hear the details and things like that. Look, you, 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 you made it this far in the interview. One, I know you bought it. One, I know you resonated with the episode. One, I know you really rock. So how about this? We figure out the details for the festival. We get everything together. Down the business is going to fly out one person to this festival. We're going to make it happen. Like I said, because we're going to be in attendance. Down the business is going to be, I said we, but I'm going to be there. We're going to make it happen <laughs> for sure. But one dedicated individual about your crap, about your business, on your grind, let's make it happen. Let's get the logistics together. Let's get the scheduling together. We'll fly you out. That's on us. Now, as far as the living arrangements and everything, that's something. No, I'm playing. We'll, 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 get, we'll get into all that. We'll make it happen for sure. But like I no said- No worries. When you I'll have, have hotels blocked off that's that. in the Ruskin area. So we'll definitely get you some good ratings to get out here. Come on now. I'm telling you, when you have people that are, are in the position that you want to be in and they're trying to put you in that, but they're trying to, they're not just saying, hey, I made it here. That's it. When they're chill, trying to extend that hand, still trying to bring you up. I wouldn't take that lightly. I wouldn't take that for granted. So no, Desiree, I thank you. I thank you for taking the time to speak with me when Roy brought me up to the room. I thank you for being as humble as you are, but I thank you for being so dope at the same time. I thank you for being thank you. wife, the mother. Yeah, exactly. The wife, the mother, the author, everything up under the sun that you are. And I'm definitely praying for you. I'm, I'm wishing you nothing but success. I'm excited. I can't wait for the festival, for the details and everything. And to everybody out there, you know, we appreciate y'all, man. Y'all continue to make this happen. Y'all continue to tap in with me, man. Like I said, halfway through the year, it's a blessing. We we almost celebrating three years soon. So I'm very excited for that, man. And the podcast has just been a blessing. I've been able to connect with a lot of dope, dope, dope individuals, man. And it's only going to keep going. So to everybody out there, man, thank y'all. We love y'all. This has been another episode of the Down to Business podcast here with Tamar Turner.